You are listening to the Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show, Orange County's only talk radio show dedicated to featuring nonprofit organizations and their leader, with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. As I mentioned before the break, Robin Sinclair, Executive Director of Casa Youth Shelter, is our guest for the second segment. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of the program. Last month, we delivered over 30,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions. If you'd like to learn more, contact Rose Chamora. She's our Vice President of Sales at 951-515-4661. That's 951-515-4661. All right, Robin Sinclair, Executive Director of Casa U Seltzer, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's nice to have you here. Let's start by asking you a little bit about your background. Can you tell us a little bit about your professional experience? Sure. I started out in the world of education. I was a career and college guidance advisor, and I worked at the high school level, and I loved working with high school kids. And then I got into administration, and um, I realized after about 12 years of that that I was ready to work in the nonprofit field. I had had a short experience with a nonprofit that helped um, the homeless in Orange County. Okay. So I got a feel for kind of mission-driven work and I loved it so I had an opportunity to go to work for Habitat for Humanity of Orange County a good friend of mine is the executive director there Okay, and she said you have to come here you will find joy on a daily basis you need to come here so I was ready and I took that leap and I went there Um, And I did that for about 10 months and then had an opportunity to go work for another organization called Boys Hope, Girls Hope. And I was the executive director there for five years. And it was an organization that helped youth that were disadvantaged yet underprivileged. And it was kind of a combination of my experience with high school kids and the importance of the home that Habitat for Humanity provided. Uh So it was kind of a combination of the two. And then I had heard about Casa Youth Shelter, but had never met the executive director who had been there for 25 years. And I had heard that she was retiring. And I thought, you know, everything that I've done up until this point really has prepared me. And so I thought, I'm just going to throw my hat in the ring. And I threw my hat in the ring. And this June will be two years that I've been there. Wow, look at you. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. And thank you for giving so much of your career to these worthy causes and making a difference in Orange County. Let's talk about Casa Youth Shelter. For those that may not be aware of it, we're talking to CEOs of middle market companies here in Southern California across the country. What's What role does it play and a little bit about its history and mission? CASA is really unique. It was founded by Mildred Jones, who was a lieutenant commander in the Navy, who had had an experience as a young woman working with another friend of hers that had wound up in Juvenile Hall. And she never had children, was never married had marched with Cesar Chavez and Dr. Martin Luther King and worked with, who was then Governor Reagan, founded the first national runaway hotline. She was, you know, a modern-day Mother Teresa in in the Orange County area. So she lived in Rossmore in Orange County and went to attorney at the age of 69 and said, upon my death, I'd like to open up a teen shelter. She knew that there was a shortage of shelters, and she knew that nothing good could happen to a child on the streets. Right. So she opened up the shelter, and, uh, well, she went to the attorney and said, upon my passing, and he said, you're 69, you're not going anywhere, let's do this now. And so she enlisted the help of the community and some people in the Los Alamitos, Seal Beach area, and I never had the opportunity to meet her. She stood four foot ten, and everybody tells me that you didn't say no to Mildred. Okay. And um, she asked you to do something, you said, yes, how can I help? And so she literally 
went and opened up the shelter, had no idea how she was going to feed the kids, how she was going to staff it. But within the first day of its opening, it took four hours for a teenager to walk through that door. So she knew that kids needed to have a safe place when they were in the middle of a crisis. And what year was that? This was um, 36 years ago. Okay. So she was 69 in 1978 is actually when she started. And she... um, lived till she was 96. So clearly she wasn't going anywhere when she went to attorney and said, upon my passing, I'd like to establish the shelter. So she, you just talk to anybody in the LaSalle, Seal Beach area, and they all have a Mildred story. And you can feel her presence throughout the entire shelter. So she lived in the house next door. And the shelter that we have now is right there. So it's when she passed away, they leveled her house and put this beautiful sports court up so the kids can play volleyball and basketball. But her mission was to find a safe place for kids in the middle of a crisis. Hmm. So it's a two-week shelter. Um, Kids come to us for a variety of reasons. 74% of our kids are at risk of becoming homeless. So they are either running away, coming from a place of abuse. Um, They could be on the streets. They could be with a, you know, they could come in with a police officer or a school counselor or they could come in with a parent, and a parent might just say, help me learn how to communicate with my child. Okay. So in all, you know, kind of all stages of a crisis, we've recently um, established a relationship with Homeland Security. So we have recently had some young women that were victims of human trafficking. Wow. So uh, the wide spectrum of what does crisis look like. How many you know, beds we do you them. have? We have 12 beds, so six boys and six girls. Um, is our limit, but if a 13th child shows up at 3 o'clock in the morning, we're not going to turn them away, so we'll bring in a cot and let licensing know in the morning that we have a 13th child, and we're not a two-week shelter in the sense that it's 14 days, it's time for you to go. We would never kick out a child, but certainly a crisis could be resolved in three days, mm-hmm. and it might be resolved in 17 days. Okay. And so, But it's really temporary housing, It's right? a temporary. It's it's to just diffuse the crisis and okay. engage that child in counseling. So we know we're not going to wave the magic wand. Our goal is to just get them in and just be safe. And so you can imagine in the heat of an argument with mom and dad, either mom and dad are about to hurt each other, maybe mom's about to hurt the child, Maybe the child got kicked out. We've had young people that have come home from school and walked into their apartment, and mom and dad are gone, packed up and and have left. So, you know, Mildred had this vision that we need to have a safe place for these kids. And so they come to us, and they get three meals a day and snacks and love and security and stability. They get individual counseling, group counseling, family counseling. And then we have parenting classes on Monday night. So we know that in two weeks we're not going to cure them, but we hope that they'll come back and continue to see the counselors after they've also left they our can, care. they can do that? As long as they want. Okay. The average um, stay for counseling after they've left our care is about three months. Okay. But we're not regional. These kids come from San Diego and the Inland Empire and San Francisco. and I mean, they come from all over. So we like to think that if they stop coming to CASA for aftercare counseling, it's not because they don't need it. It's possibly because they have a therapist in their own hometown. Okay. You put them on a path, maybe, Correct. right? Okay. We have tremendous amount of resources. We have an amazing outreach team that is out spreading the word. And so we know other agencies out there. So if we, you know, if we know that they live in Riverside, we would refer them to a place yeah, that they can get help. For them. Mm-hmm. I'm talking with Robin Sinclair. She is the executive director of CASA Youth Shelter, which has been in existence since 1978. Correct. Any sense for how many youth you've had in your over shelter? 11,000 over 11,000 11, mm-hmm. 
that's quite a community of, of people that you've helped. It is. It's it's just remarkable. And, you know, a child might come in and they're sullen and depressed when they come there. And really within a few hours, you can just see their whole mood is lifted. Mm-hmm. And they just know that it's safe. Any What's the age range? 12 to 17. 12 to 17. And in Mildred's infinite wisdom, she applied for a group home license. So what that means is that sometimes through the course of counseling, the child comes in and maybe a few days in, the mom just says, you know what? The child's a danger to the home, danger to my to his siblings. Can't be here anymore. I can't do this anymore. Well, it's against the law to just abandon your child. You can't do that. So if that's the case, then we will file a report with the county that you know possibly the parent has terminated their rights. A uh-huh. social worker is assigned to the case. And then in that case, the county determines that the child can't go back to that home. Okay. So they would find another group home for that child to go to. Well, Mildred applied for a group home license. So we have four beds out of the 12 that are dedicated that they can be group home beds. So we currently actually have two young men that live at our house. Hmm. And they go to school locally. They participate in sports. And they go to prom. And they're regular kids. But wow. we are their home. Okay. Um, and usually we work with Orangewood, you know, in the, through Orange County and wow. social services. And but that's really not the focus. The focus is the temporary, the crisis intervention. Correct. But you have the flexibility on Correct. Specific cases. Right. And, and it's brilliant because otherwise the child would have to leave what has become comfortable to them and go to another group home right. so that way they can stay. So wow. 12 years old is a very young age to it is. be dealing with these kind of issues. I can't, I can't imagine how in need they are when they show up at your doorstep. They are. It's pretty phenomenal. And, you know, what's really magical is to watch them go through the counseling when they, you know, go to a group counseling session and they sit with their peers and they find out that, you know, I'm not the only one going through this. Right. You know, my friend sitting right here is having a problem with her mom. Right. And then the mom comes back and they go to counseling together with the family and they're given the skills and the tools that they need so that they can be successful and leave successfully. And mm. I've love survey monkeys so i send out a survey at the end of each month to ask the kids and the parents you know how was the experience here is it what you thought when you came in did you have these coping skills and when you left did you have the coping skills and it's pretty wonderful to see that the success and how it works the counseling works it it transforms their lives that's amazing we have about two minutes left but i did want to ask you a little bit about kind of homelessness here in southern california you know orange county uh this show is listened to nationally so people may not realize they may just think orange county from what they see on some of the popular previously popular television shows it really is the tale of i think two counties here in orange county there's certainly affluence and wealth but there's also a, a lot of people that are in need Most and definitely. living at the poverty line or below and then you have even another group of people that are homeless beyond the people that are living in marginal housing but have no homes. So can you share a little bit about homelessness in Southern sure. California? Sure. I have some statistics. Um, we have about 200,000 people identified, youth identified in California homeless. So that's a lot that's of a homeless youth. 28,000 in Orange County alone. Wow. And as I said, about 74% of the kids that come through our shelter are at the risk of becoming homeless. Um, as I was saying earlier, we have an amazing community outreach team. And what we do is now once a month we go to the motels in Anaheim because so much of the motel population are homeless. So we right. tend to think that homeless people are the people we see on park benches or under a freeway overpass or you know, pushing a grocery cart along the street. And that's kind of what we think of as homeless. But the reality is, is if you look at a lot of the motels in the Anaheim area, um, it's it, they're called motel dwellers uh-huh. and these are families and uh-huh. these are in a hotel a motel room and there might be 10 people living in one motel room 
And oftentimes people will say, well, come on, can't they just go get a job? Why can't they just go get an apartment? Well, to get an apartment, you need first and last and usually a cleaning security, security deposit. And then you need this, you know, ridiculous amount of money to move in and perfect credit and a job. And, you know, a lot of these people don't have don't it. They are that. truly living day to day. So you can't judge the homeless situation by what you observe on the street corner. Not right? at you're, all. You're being very superficial and somewhat ignorant to the plight of people, if, that, if that's how you gauge how many homeless people you see in Orange County. Absolutely. Okay. And especially when you see that the kids are the ones that are really the victims. Right. And so, you know, mom, especially with the recession, you know, you've got mom out of work, dad out of work. They're doing everything they can to make it to happen, you know, keep it together. Right. So we go to the motels um, one Saturday a month and do a whole outreach to them. And it's really been very... Um, eye-opening and yet we're able to talk to the parents and let them know that we're there for them because you can imagine the stress that goes on in those motel rooms yes and oftentimes they're looking for just some resources for their own kids right we're going to take our third and final commercial break here on critical mass nonprofit radio show robin sinclair executive director of casa youth shelter is our guest for this segment and we'll be back with more to learn more about her organization after these words from our commercial sponsors When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. I just want to share with you my experience as a member of Center Club in Costa Mesa. Many of you know that I've been a member of Center Club in Costa Mesa for over four years. I hold my monthly CEO peer group meetings there, my annual executive conference attended by CEOs and executives of companies with 2 to $100 million in revenue, and my daily business meetings at the Center Club. I've found the staff to be professional and courteous at all times. My guests enjoy meeting at the Center Club with its newly remodeled meeting rooms, dining rooms, and the common areas. If you're looking for a place to conduct meetings, host events, or meet some of Orange County's most successful business leaders, then you should consider joining Center Club of Costa Mesa. For information regarding club membership and private events, such as weddings, uh, please visit the club's website at center-club.com. That's center-club.com. 
Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. Robin Sinclair, Executive Director of Casa Youth Shelter, is our guest during this segment. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 12,500 shows during the last 30 days. And we at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. Robin, can you share a little bit about the guiding principle that you're you've, you're using to lead and grow Casa Youth Shelter? I can. I actually can think of a couple. Um, one in particular um, came to me when I was working at Share Ourselves, and I remember going to the executive director at the time, Karen McGlynn, and I said, you know, how do you make decisions? Sometimes it's hard for me to make a quick decision. And she said, if you always reflect on your mission statement and always ask yourself if it supports your mission, then that's the direction you need to go in. And that was prob- that was in 2000. So that was 14 years ago. And I, I used that every single day because, you know, being an executive director of a nonprofit, you know, no two days are the same. Right. No two hours are the same. On any given day, anything can happen. Anything can come up. I said it's like the Chuck E. Cheese game where you're hitting one thing and the next whack-a-mole, whack-a-mole it pops up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it's hard to sometimes make that right decision. But if I can stop and ask, you know, A, what would Mildred do? And B, what is the mission of CASA? Then it really keeps me grounded and it makes me... Um, you know, it points me in the right direction. Brings focus to it, I would mm-hmm. think, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the other one is just I've always thought, go where there's an opportunity to grow. So I've always looked at my staff as, you know, wanting to develop their skills. So I might hire somebody that comes in with one skill set and find out that he or she has this amazing other skill set. And so I've always really tried to encourage them to go where there's an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. And when that opportunity stops, go and venture out and take a risk and you know and just go and do what you need to do right and that's you know smaller nonprofits really need a multi-talented workforce because they have to wear so many hats limited resources yeah you don't have you can't put a body at every problem you have to have people who can do a good job at many different things right right right. you have to be resourceful you do yeah on a limited budget Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. very tight funding um can you excuse me can you talk to our audience about a current challenge that's facing casa youth shelter um, you know, I've never seen an organization so well supported by the community. So I have to say that um, I'm very fortunate to work in an environment where on any given day a community member might pop in just to say hi or bring a bag of groceries or bring a, a lovely gift. Um, so the community support is incredible. And what CASA had for 25 of the 36 years was Lucianne Mulhart, who was the executive director. And, you know, CASA is a family it's um, it's more than just a nonprofit organization. So here I come in, and I'm not from the Los Alamitos area. I live in Newport, and it's a completely, you know, it's a different community. Right. And so I've had to learn who 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 are the key players there, and I, I'm having to kind of be my own person. And as I said from the beginning, you know, I can't be Lucianne, but I can be the best Robin that I can be. And I'm now two years in, so I think I've earned you know the trust but it took time you can't force something like that it's just it's somebody new and i'm not trying to make changes i'm not trying to do anything radically different but i naturally have you know different eyes and i see things differently and i'm bringing my years of education and my years of experience in the in the education and nonprofit world so it's i'm bound to do things differently 
So that's been a bit of a challenge. You know, people say, I love change. And the reality is, is people don't love change. Change is scary. Yeah, it's the rare person that really would love change. Mm -hmm. It's because it's uncertainty. Absolutely. And so I spent probably the first year really learning the culture and the climate of the organization. And it's an amazing staff. And I wasn't hired to turn it around. You know, it was in great shape. It's a well-oiled machine. I just was hired, I think, to carry on Mildred's vision. Right. And I work with Lucianne. She's a fabulous advisor. And I'm able to just kind of take it to the next level. And I feel like I've been able to bring technology and, um, you know, some of the human resources and, you know, different areas of my life in the last 10, 15 years, I feel like I've been able to bring to CASA. I'm talking with Robin Sinclair. She's executive director of CASA Youth Shelter. You know, I wanted to ask because I love this opportunity to let our audience know about events that the nonprofits may be hosting that are not too far into the future. So can you talk to us about any events or an event that you might have planned that people could become involved with? Well, and you talk about change. So we have had the same event for the last 36 years, which is a commander's ball. And they called it commander, obviously, because of Mildred and her experience with the military. And so it had been, you know, 36 years and everybody said, okay, we're done. You know, we've done it. We've had this wonderful run. And, you know, it's not like the event's going away and that, you know, 400, 500, 600 people were still attending, but the core people that put this event together said, you know, we're, it's, we need something new. We need, right. uh, you know, kind of a, a shot in the arm. So I have experience with some events, and so um, we're going to do a theater event, much like is done at an organization that I was just recently at. So we're going to have an event in January of 2015. We'll start off at the Westin and have dinner, and then we'll walk over to the Seagerstrom Center for the Arts and see Kinky Boots. And have just a lovely theater night. Okay. And um, it's not, you know, our event has been at the Queen Mary. It's been at the Spruce Goose. It's been in at the Huntington at the Hyatt Regency. So this, we're moving it to this part of Orange County. But I'm really hoping that by bringing it to this part of Orange County, it'll kind of give it a different look. And okay. we might be able to get some corporate sponsors from the tech area, you know, over by the Spectrum, possibly. And right. get some new people to learn about CASA. Because we have a great community support team, but... I'd love to see it bigger. Isn't that always one of the challenges that executive directors of small and middle market nonprofits have is to grow your com- your community, your constituents? Because you have this loyal base, but you, you make sure you don't want to fatigue them, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. You need to, and, and it's always good to have more people who care about your cause. Absolutely. We have to spread the word. And we were just talking about this recently that it's great that they invite their friends to every event. But at one point, you know, the friends say, please don't invite me. Right. I, you know, I don't want an obligation. Get, yeah. Now, right? I don't want to get a tux again. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go through the whole thing. So let's do something different. Right. So I'm hoping that this is going to be something new for this particular group. And it's a super fun event. And it's our biggest fundraiser of the year. So it's in January of 2015. Okay. Um, you can go to our website okay. and get all the information on all of our events. We have a very a very robust website. And okay. we have a Facebook and we have an Instagram and Twitter and we have a wonderful marketing and communications um, person that does an amazing job getting all of our word out to everybody. This, we have a great blog. Does this person have a name? She does. Her name is Virginia Kerwin. And um, you talk about skill set. She came in as a fund development coordinator, you mm. know, to run our development team, which right. development in a nonprofit world is, you know, business and sales and how do you fundraising. Right. Um, and she wound up having this incredible skill set in graphic design and social media. So she's really done a fabulous job getting our word out. And so you can go on, like I said, onto our website and find all of our information. You can register online. And um, we would love to see you there. How do you find your website? We are at www.casayouthshelter.com. 
www.casayouthshelter.org.org. Do that again for me. CasayouthShelter.org. So www.casayouthshelter.org. Okay. So uh, we're going to be wrapping up now, but you have one last chance to talk to CEOs of, of middle market companies here in Southern California. What would you like them to know about Casa Youth Shelter that they, they may not have heard yet or didn't know before this interview started? You know, your participation will absolutely change lives. There, when you have an organization like ours that is it's small, it's very hands-on, so it's not like you're going to, you know, call us and it might take a week for us to get back to you. If you call, chances are I will be the one talking to you. If you wanted a tour, any one of the staff will give you a tour probably within that day or the next day if you wanted. You know, we're very hands-on. We're very tangible. Um, it If you bring in a lovely dinner, the kids are going to eat it that night. Mm. So I know sometimes people want to be able to see where their dollars go. Right. And, you know, we we will make sure that it goes to the right place. 85 cents of the dollar goes right to our kids. That's what I've seen from middle-sized from middle and small nonprofits. They're very efficient with the dollar donations. There's a very high percentage of them that go right to serving the mm-hmm. cause and doesn't get caught up in anything else, which is a great way to make a difference with your money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the fine work you've been doing in our community and and the work for the past two years. It's great to have you a friend of the radio show and a part of our Critical Mass community. Great. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for having me. Robin Sinclair. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed this section or segment of Critical Mass Nonprofit radio show we do this to help expose you to these worthy nonprofits that are serving the needs of orange county and our global residents the show is brought to you by our advertisers brandman university commercial bank of california decision toolbox smart business magazine succession strategies and center club a member of club corp our engineer for today's show is paul roberts crystal nunley is in control as our producer our guest coordinator is kathleen shepherd Our marketing strategist is Asia Celestino, and our live events coordinator is Melissa Padani. Our VP of Sales, Rose Jamora, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business, maybe the CEO peer groups that I lead, or you have an idea for a future guest, or maybe you want to advertise on the radio show, visit criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You've been listening to the Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show, Orange County's only talk radio show dedicated to featuring nonprofit organizations and their leader, with your host, Richard Franzi.